This is the World in Brief from The Economist. Our top stories. Liz Cheney, Wyoming's incumbent congresswoman, conceded to Harriet Hageman in the state's Republican primary race. The daughter of former Vice President Dick Cheney earned her party's opprobrium for investigating Donald Trump's role in the Capitol riot and for voting to impeach him. The result offers yet more evidence of the stranglehold Mr. Trump retains on his party. Of the 10 Republican members of Congress who tried to hold him to account for the uprising, only two have prevailed against pro-Trump challengers. Explosions were reported at a military base in Russian-occupied Crimea, damaging a munitions depot and a Crimean railway junction. Russia blamed an act of sabotage. Officially, Ukraine neither accepted nor denied responsibility. Last week, bombs wrecked a Russian military airbase in Crimea, suggesting that Ukraine now has the ability to hit infrastructure far behind its enemy's lines. Britain's annual inflation rate hit 10.1% in July, setting a new 40-year record. Living costs are shooting past incomes, largely because of soaring energy prices. But the government does not intend to provide further help with paying bills until the Conservative Party's leadership contest ends on September 5th. The Bank of England has forecast that inflation may reach 13% by autumn. Uniper, a German utility firm, reported a staggering loss of 12.4 billion euros, equivalent to $12.6 billion, for the first half of 2022, pointing to Europe's worsening energy crisis. The company, which is Germany's largest importer of Russian gas, attributes over half of its net loss to the reduced gas flows, which have forced it to cover the shortfall in the spot market at higher prices. It received a 15 billion euro bailout from the German government last month. China Huarong Asset Management, a state-run financial conglomerate, warned it would lose 18.9 billion yuan, equal to 2.8 billion dollars in the first half of 2022. It has been clobbered by heavy weather in China's housing and capital markets. The firm, one of four asset managers set up in 1999 to handle bad loans, needed a huge government bailout in 2021. The Communist Party thinks it too big to fail. Raila Odinger, the former prime minister who lost Kenya's presidential election this week, said the results were null and void, but also appealed for calm. He lost to William Ruto, the country's deputy president, who won with 50.49% of the vote. Mr Odinger is not alone in challenging the outcome. Four out of seven election commissioners refused to endorse the result, calling the final stage of the electoral process opaque. A legal battle looms. The Biden administration announced further cuts to water usage from the Colorado River for Arizona, Nevada and two Mexican states starting next year. Arizona's annual apportionment will shrink the most, by about a fifth. This summer, the water level in Lake Mead, America's largest reservoir, sank to a historic low amid a mega drought in the southwest. And fact of the day. 55%. The share of violence reported across Afghanistan that can be attributed to the Taliban. And now here's a deeper look at the day ahead. 
Tencent cannot escape China's tech lash. Tencent, the world's largest gaming firm, is still in the firing line at home. On Wednesday, the second quarter results of the League of Legends owner will show yet more weakness, the result of Chinese regulators' refusal to grant it new gaming licenses. The refusal was part of the Chinese government's crackdown on tech, which caused an unprecedented slump in video gaming revenues in China in the first half of the year. Tencent's other businesses are struggling, too. A slowing economy and lockdowns are hurting its entertainment conglomerate. Tencent's response has been to slim down in China, having shed a stake in JD.com, an e-commerce giant, it reportedly may sell its $24 billion stake in Meituan, a food delivery firm. To compensate, it intends to expand abroad, perhaps by investing in firms such as Ubisoft, a French video game maker, to add to its array of foreign gaming interests. But Tencent must tread carefully. Western governments are increasingly cautious about Chinese firms making foreign acquisitions. Resuscitating the Iran Nuclear Deal Until recently, the Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action looked beyond salvage. Now, there is a glimmer of hope for the revival of the nuclear deal signed by Iran and six world powers in 2015 and abandoned by Donald Trump in 2018. Last week, the European Union circulated a final text and demanded Iran reply to it by Monday. To everyone's relief, it did. Mohammad Mirandi, an advisor to Iran's negotiating team, sounded upbeat. The remaining issues are not very difficult to resolve, he tweeted. That remains to be seen. Iran wants the International Atomic Energy Agency, a UN watchdog, to shut down its probe into the country's past illicit nuclear activity, despite many unanswered questions. It also wants to be sure that it will feel the benefit of sanctions relief. Western diplomats worry that Iran is eking out talks while continuing to expand its nuclear program. Two weeks ago, Iran began feeding fresh uranium gas into hundreds of new centrifuges. A deal may be in sight, but it is not yet in hand. America's Resilient Housing Market When house prices are rising, homeowners are more likely to spruce up their properties, according to Marvin Ellison, the CEO of Lowe's. So, when the Home Improvement Store reports earnings on Wednesday, it will give a sense of what is happening in the world's largest housing market, America. In recent months, the country's housing boom has ended. The question is whether it will turn to bust. The buying frenzy has certainly slowed. Uncertainty among builders is mounting. On Tuesday, data showed that the number of house-building projects started in July was 9.6% lower than in June. Yet there is little sign that a crash is on the way. An analysis by The Economist of 900 metro areas in America finds that prices have fallen in just six since the beginning of the year. And on Tuesday... The earnings of Home Depot, a competitor of Lowe's, beat expectations. 
The party is less raucous, it seems, but it has not yet ended. How to invest in Norway's oil and gas revenues. Norway has its own Davos, called Arendalsuka. Being Scandinavian, the festival is less about globalization or high finance than about strengthening democracy. But one outfit will present its half-year results at the event on Wednesday, the state-owned Norwegian Oil Fund. With investments in about 9,300 companies around the world, the market value of the fund is around 12.3 trillion Norwegian kroner, $1.26 trillion, making it one of the largest in the world. The report will be an interesting read. After Russia's invasion of Ukraine in February, the government instructed the fund to divest its many Russian holdings. As with all investors, it has also had to grapple with inflation and higher interest rates. But it is also riding the wave of higher oil and gas prices. This year, the government expects revenues from those commodities to rise to around 933 billion Norwegian kroner from 288 billion Norwegian kroner in 2021. Attendees at Arendalsuka will have much to discuss. Lithuania celebrates the Karaims. One of Europe's smallest minority populations, the Karaims, are being celebrated in Lithuania this year. On Wednesday, Karolina Sicha, a folk musician, will perform in Trakai, a city in southeast Lithuania that has historically been home to the Karaims. The fact that Mist Sicha is actually Polish will do little to dampen the party. Who are the Karaims? At some point around the 14th century, 1397 according to the Lithuanian parliament, who thought the 625th anniversary was as good a reason as any to celebrate, Vitautas, the Grand Duke of Lithuania, invited them from Crimea to serve as bodyguards and trainers. Some also went to Poland. Today, there are only a few hundred Karaims left in each country. But unlike many minorities, the Karaims have been welcomed in their adopted homes. Launching the year of celebrations in May, Ingrida Simonita, Lithuania's prime minister, said that the Karaim were a unique treasure who enriched the country's present and future. Daily Quiz Our baristas will serve you a new question each day this week. On Friday, your challenge is to give us all five answers and, as important, tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 1700 BST on Friday to quizespresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown one winner per continent on Saturday. Wednesday. Which musician left Buffalo Springfield to join up with David Crosby and Graham Nash? Tuesday. Which Edgar Allan Poe story involves the murder of the unfortunate Fortunato? That's The World in Brief from The Economist. Available three times every day of the week. You can also hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, on your podcast app. 
and subscribers to The Economist have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app to start listening.